it wasn't like that with Kobe. Kobe's big thing was, yo, man, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to be in the light. Some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you. doesn't stop you from doing what you do. Just be the best at you. Just the mentality that I said Kobe would have. You're going to be the next Michael Jordan? He was like, nah, I'm going to be the first Kobe Bryant. And he is. Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in to Pave Your Paradise podcast. I feel happy and grateful to have you joining me. If you're new here, I'm Mandy Ross, host of this amazing space for you to up-level your relationships, your health, your business, and your life. And I'd love to know how you're feeling today. What's on your heart and mind? Send me what has you feeling stuck and what topics you want me to cover on the podcast and also which episodes you absolutely love. I create these episodes to try and help you guys, so I'd love your feedback. Please let me know by sharing on your posts and stories and tagging me at Mandy J. Ross and Pave Your Paradise. I feel so excited to share that I started a Patreon page. It's up and I feel thrilled to serve you even more through it. There's lots of additional resources I'll be sharing. So for you to join the official Pave Your Paradise community where you'll be receiving tons of self-growth, self-love, and self-compassion tips, techniques, and tools for your personal development toolbox, also to connect with me in live group calls and coaching, plus be supporting the podcast and my mission to uplift others, please visit my new page at www.patreon.com slash Mandy J. Ross. Boom. And now I feel thrilled to feature a special guest to kick off season two of the podcast, my dear friend, John Sally. John is an NBA legend and champion, an actor, a wellness master and advocate, a philanthropist and entrepreneur. So many of you have reached out on a variety of topics to cover, and I'm so happy to bring you a leading expert on so many of them. And y'all know how passionate I am about living with a champion, athlete state of mind, and living high on life. John Sally is a 15-year NBA veteran and was the first NBA player to win four championships with three different teams. After his retirement from the NBA in 2000, he explored several opportunities in both television and film. John is also the head of his own production company. John is actively involved with Operation Smile, PETA, the fight against diabetes, and a variety of other causes. John has adopted a plant-based raw vegan lifestyle and is a frequent speaker at veg fests across the USA. 
As a wellness advocate, one of John's main missions in life is to continue to educate people on the benefits of living a healthier lifestyle through better eating habits. He is a vegan activist, chef, and wellness entrepreneur. He is making his mark in the cannabis industry, launching his own cannabis brand, Deuces 22. He has a beautiful family that includes his wife, Natasha, and three daughters. So, John is an NBA legend and champ, entrepreneur, wellness advocate, actor, philanthropist, and so much more. We connected a few years back in, at an event in LA, and instantly I felt like I had met a new soul brother. Discovering more about what John's passionate about and how he shows up in the world in so many positive ways, I knew I have him on the show for you. Because of his background and own personal journey of continually and successfully reinventing and evolving himself, he's full of insight and inspiration. He's someone who I completely appreciate and respect for what he's creating in this world. His approach to life and words of wisdom are positively impactful, so I had to share him with you. I want to continue bringing on expert guests that will help you, inspire you, and empower you, and John Sally is a breathing, living, walking example of paving your own path to paradise. We dive deep in this episode on his recent losses of his dear mother and former teammate and close friend Kobe Bryant, his transition out of pro basketball and reinventing himself time and time again, how you can change the world and your life by changing your diet, learning to let go of others' opinions and remain on your A-game, the importance of breath and present moment awareness, how to have a successful intimate relationship, living authentically, unapologetically, and creating your own path to freedom, and so many other inspiring topics. So I hope y'all enjoy this interview as much as I did with John Sally. All right, everyone. Today, I am feeling so excited to have basketball legend John Sally joining me on Pave Your Paradise podcast. John, thank you so much for being on today's show. Uh, Mandy, thank you for having me. I am so, so stoked to dive deep into conversation, conscious conversation with you today. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Every day is a great day for me. I can never complain. I'm happy with life. Uh, <laughs> this is this all as it's supposed to be. I'm good. How are you? I am feeling, as I said, very excited. I definitely have a lot of energy today. I'm all about surrounding yourself with good, high-vibing people. So you're one of those people I always get good vibes from. Yeah. I don't do any creepy stuff, man. <laughs> I don't do any creepy stuff. Like I, uh, I keep it in the positive and I keep it moving as I supposed to. I love that about you. I really, really appreciate your optimism and your ability to always see the brightness, even amidst turmoil or, you know, things that happen in life, which we all know, like real life, real speak now, you know, things happen. And one thing I just wanted to start by saying is my love and prayers are going out to you right now. I know that you did lose uh, your mom earlier this year. And from a friend to another friend, I just want to say that my deepest condolences, if you want to say anything about that from your heart space. Um, well, this is the trip. My mom, Maisie, died. She was uh, uh, 93. And uh, 
and I <clears throat> we did a whole bunch of things back when she uh, had a heart attack and uh, 15 years ago, I brought her out here and had her work with the different um, protocols that we work with. And she no longer had blockages. She uh, was walking 20 miles a day. I mean, two miles a day. And, um, and wow. when she when she went back to the doctor, he was like, wow, look at you. She was like, yeah, I was out there with my son and those healers and he was like well keep your son away from my clients um, <laughs> was it uh was it like the uh did you did you get her on a vegan diet did she go like plant-based yeah she went plant-based while she was here and it was a trip because she told my brother jerry had gotten sick and so he uh came out too he had like six different uh i don't even call i don't even say can't i say uh, my brother had these different, um, what's the wording, free radical cells that didn't want to listen that we had to, uh, we had to put in check. So we just ease out of his body as possible. He wind up still having to have seeds, uh, radioactive seeds put in his prostate. Wow. And every man is going to have or die from prostate cancer. That's a proven fact. But you can prolong it. You could literally work on not having these cells uh, turn into the bad guys. But that's usually every man is going to be at that point. You know, we always talk, Mandy, about women's health, mm-hmm. breast cancer and all that. And But the second month after October, after uh, this Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is Men's Health Month. And obviously guys don't pay that much attention to it, but that prostate cancer and colon rectum cancer uh, is serious. And I say it to people, the second leading um, group of breast cancer are men. So we literally are doing tons of things and seeing it. I just was able to keep my moms going and able to keep as many friends paying attention to it. So she, she gave me an extra 15 years, 14 years. And uh, she's just wow. like, how long you want to keep me alive? I don't have time for a funeral. If I had time for a funeral, they could all go. But I, I don't have time for a funeral, she would laugh. But, yeah, so she transitioned in January. And the crazy thing is, like, that Sunday uh, after we buried her on the 25th, yeah, we her room. And then I get the call I'm getting chills right now. Friend. I'm just saying I am getting COVID. chills yeah. for this story. Yeah, and then they hit me story and oh that, man that took some out of me and then my teammate tommy allen dj tommy <sighs> allen from new york it's just that it was like bah, 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 how did that happen like take me take me back to that moment you are such again an advocate of optimism and going with the flow and being super chill and take me back to that moment when you found out about kobe and like what went through your mind because you you were very very good friends with like a brother you know and uh, just take me back to what that was like for you. It was a trip because I was in my mom's bedroom. Uh, we were going through the last amount of things because we were flying out. And my friend Darren called me, and uh, he had heard it. Like, I guess he was like the first minute that it was reported. And, you know, they won't report it on TMZ now, which is a trip. And I'm proud of my friend Harvey that he got TMZ to be more reputable than most other news outlets. 
<laughs> yeah. So once once you hear it from them, you know it because they won't report it unless it is. And I just walked outside. Uh, I said, "Hey, I got to walk outside for a second." Walked outside, took a deep breath, thought about what it was, and then I realized this. And this is, you know, I'm very supposed. At one time, somebody somebody said to me they didn't think I was a uh, emotional or had any of those feelings. I do. I cry. Mm-hmm. I feel them. But one thing I do realize is, hey, we got a certain amount of time. And all we're doing is running on a treadmill. And when the treadmill breaks or you fall off to the side, that's it. So it's, as Jay-Z said, if it's the end, you get to that point, red line. Put your foot on the brake, on the gas, and just go. Do it all. Do as much as you can do in the amount of time. Like, literally, you're in this amount of time. You don't have any control over it. You don't have any time to be mad at somebody else. You don't have any time to sit around and criticize what somebody else is doing. You don't have any time to inflict pain. Or you're wasting your time. Because if the idea is to look forward and keep moving forward, and everything around you is distracting you. It means you're taking your eyes off the plies. So I walked out and realized, hey, my mom's is in a different transition. My friend Kobe's in a different transition. All the people that were affected along with his daughter in that crash are different. And all the other people that are going to die, they are literally still part of the universe. So I just go, hmm. I took a deep breath, and I thank the universe for me allowing that energy. I'm never going to forget his energy. I'm not going to forget my mother's energy. I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to use it. And and what it did, which is a trip, is it literally in death brought unity. People started paying attention. People started saying, I love you differently. People started wanting to call people they hadn't talked to. So it took took all that, you know, it took uh, him once again being a martyr to... Uh, make people start doing what they need to do. Start saying, say you love somebody, and now it's like sinking in differently. You've always heard it, but things like that are really sinking in. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so true. The awareness, I think... You know, it, it, it just that statement that you just said alone is your testament on taking a situation that normally is extremely devastating and still finding that silver lining, you know, still finding the goodness of, of what could have been for many people just looking at it in such a negative way, but you were still able to extract something good from all of it and, and a meaning so much deeper. Can you take me to your time with Kobe and some, you know, as you know, I'm a a life cheerleader optimist myself. Like, can you talk about some of your highlights with him? Some of the words of wisdom that you guys might've exchanged over the years and just, you know, a meaningful moment or two. I'm not going to say over the years, but I can tell you when, uh, because those conversations in the two thousands and fives and sevens and when I would see him entirely different. Yeah. But, the but the the idea that let me see the best way of putting it. Uh, we talk about discretion. A lot of people uh, think that every time they do something, they have to step it out into the public, and that they're obligated to letting the public see what they do. And then they worried about getting scrutinized by the public, and then they start wearing dark shades and hats. 
and running from the public. And that happens because they don't like who they are. They don't like what they're doing. They don't feel what they are doing. It wasn't like that with Kobe. Kobe's big thing was, yo, man, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to be in the light. Some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you. doesn't stop you from doing what you do. Just be the best at you. And then he would, like, get to practice early. 500 shots, he started shooting. And another guy was shooting a thousand. He started shooting fifteen hundred. Just the mentality that I said Kobe would have. He would have, and we would have conversations about what other people have done. So, like, I would have a conversation, and I said, you know, Larry Bird would shoot a thousand shots, but you know, a day. And you know, he's heard that man. That's man. It's like because he said if he was going to be as good as Larry, you had to do what Larry's done. So you're going to be the next Michael Jordan? He was like, nah, I'm going to be the first Kobe Bryant. And he is. And and, and I watched somebody literally mentally determine their future and bumps along the way as we all do. And it, it came to a tragic end. But in that amount of time, from me being around him, from 1999 to 2020, this guy is, you know, we had we watch his life. We watch the ups and downs, the, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we watch life. And everybody is sitting around. That's why I said you really can't criticize what anybody else is doing. All they're doing is trying to make it to the next day. Doing the best they can with what they're given. Mm. Mm. That is soul nourishment right there. There's so much, so much wisdom in what you just said. And if everybody only heard this bit of the interview, I think they could walk away with life (laughs) wisdom, but we are so not even scratching the surface. I'm so grateful you shared that because Kobe to so many people was just this beautiful figure of inspiration and motivation and just pure love, really more than anything, pure love and light. And For you to speak on him, especially coming from, again, yourself, who's another light in this world, just, I'm so grateful for you to do that, John. So thank you. Most people are familiar with you because of your incredible career in basketball. Now, you were the first player in the NBA in history to win four champ rings, to be on three different teams for championships, three different decades. Like, I mean, this is pretty amazing. Is it still surreal to you having accomplished all of this in your basketball career? I I will not lie to you. I don't believe I did it. Like literally (laughs) at the age I'm at now, I'm like, I see guys run, take off, jump, dunk on each other, pound each other, hit people, hit the ground. I go, man, 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 no, don't jump, don't jump. You're going to tear meniscus. No, 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 don't do that. You're going to, you know, I'm looking at it now going, but at that time I was fearless. So, yeah, I, I think about, I used to only focus on being in the NBA. And then the, the older I got, I said, man, when I get in the NBA, I'm going to have that champagne. In my eyes, they may act like it hurts, but it must feel really good because everybody does it. Every time you see that champagne in the eye, I want (laughs) that feeling. Yeah. So that's the craziest thought is everybody else is like holding that trophy. I don't want to hold the trophy. I want the champagne in my eye after winning the championship. (laughs) And that that was my motivation, you know, 
Can't do. You can't get any champagne in your eye hanging out the four o'clock of the morning. You can't hoot with the owls at night and soar with the eagles in the day. I, I, I had all the sayings. So I, I made sure, but I love to hang out. And I was like, but you, you know, you can't do it. And I wouldn't put crazy things in my body because, you know, I used to think people were looking for a reason not to give me a shot. Yeah. So I made it to a point where I, it didn't make a deal or I, I put it this way. It didn't make a difference what the naysayers said because I was flying so high above that they couldn't deny my entry. I didn't have to walk through the gate. I flew over it. How did, how did you get into that state of mind? I'm really curious because for so many people, you know, you were talking about distractions earlier. And one of those distractions oftentimes can be the people who quite frankly, should not matter, but those those distracting opinions of others, of trying to be a people pleaser and whatnot. Like, how did you even get into that state of mind? I would hear, <clears throat> because the, I realized that the people who were talking about what should be done and <clears throat> how things should be weren't trying to make those things be. Mm. They were just talkers. And the ones telling you on what you should do and how you should do it was standing or living in the same place I was living in. Why would I listen to you? Mm. Absolutely. Jay-Z said, you can't help the poor if you're one of them. So I got rich and gave back. To me, that's a win-win. So it's, it's the mentality. Like, there's no respect for the guy next to you who's living in the sewer. If you both are sitting around in the slums, he's telling you, of a better day and a better way. Well, why don't you go there and I'll follow you? Why don't you just stop telling me what to do? So I decided to be the example. When I looked at it, I was like, what determines them being famous? What determines them being, why are we celebrating a celebrity, a, a person of celebration? Why are we celebrating that person? Because the things they've done that are, that are superhuman? No, they're human that do human things at the highest level. So I just wanted to be a person to do it at the highest level. How do you do that? Practice. And the more you practice, the better you get at it. And that has been proven true to me in every single thing I've done. So I don't, I don't ever think about doing it any other way. The idea is the harder you work, the better you become. And that I've seen. I remember there was uh, my brothers were great football players but they didn't become professionals and you play that game outside and it's cold and it's savage, but basketball is inside where it's warm and the girls are cute. <laughs> and, and, and it's like ballet. I want to do this. And I was blessed enough. Or as I said, my brother's a six, two, six foot. One is five, 10, and I used to sit, my father was six seven, God rest his soul, and I used to sit and meditate and tell the universe, I want to be seven foot tall. I want to be seven foot tall. And I grew to seven feet. Wow. All while eating some toxic waste, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was sitting on a... Power mastermind. <laughs> mastermind. All, all oh man yeah i don't want to finish that joke but i used to say yeah I, I was just sitting around meditating on being seven foot and i was just sitting on that microwave every day <laughs> oh my go. goodness 
But no, the universe blessed me. Uh, I think I manifest it. I think I stretch my body. There's a new book called You Are the Placebo. And mm. literally, it, you can mentally make anything you want happen. Remember, anything that's happening right now is mental anyway. Yeah, it is. Yes, absolutely. Power of your thoughts. Like thoughts become your life, truly. Yeah. So I completely, completely resonate with that. Now, aside from, because we're going to talk about basketball a bit more, but I mean, for those who don't know, you're just, I love following your journey because you continually reinvent and you're so just innovative when it comes to reinventing yourself into so many different areas. Like for those who might not know, you know, you've done comedian acts before you have performed, you have been in TV uh, and the movies doing things like acting and hosting. You are opening an organic cafe. You have your cannabis company, Deuces 22. You are a complete advocate for veganism and health and wellness. And you are an incredible family man with ex just exceptional family values. So there's so much going on. And you, t in, to me, seeing you as, as both a friend and also just a colleague in, you know, the entertainment industry, I mean, you are such a, a wonderful person. And for me, I'm all for how can we extract all the wonderful behaviors and habits that have helped you to develop yourself into peak performance state on the court, but also off of the court. I am so curious for you to share with the audience what was the first thing you did when you woke up this morning? <laughs> I um, uh, opened my eyes. That was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, you killed me in a good way. I love it. Like, I opened my eyes. I drank, yeah. I drank 12 ounces of distilled water. Mm, okay. I drank out of the spring water. And the reason I even said the name of the company, because it's very few that still have uh, carbonated natural spring water. I think it might have cut out there. What was the name of the company? Avion. Avion. Okay, cool. I only said that if I have to buy water, I do that. Yes. I drink that water. And um, and then I, I get up, I sit up in the bed, into the side, I stretch my neck, I stretch my arms, I go down and I do... Uh, 50 crunches and that literally feels like it's rocking the body back into place and by that time it's uh, time to start the day along with I added water to my lower intestines so my body decides to start cleaning out things that has been detoxing since uh, I don't know 10 o'clock last night so I, I, uh, I had a whole system and a series of things I do daily to keep my body going and then uh, i don't have breakfast i have a a, a a pod called sp2 life i should send it to you mandy this is amazing it's a uh, frozen oh my goodness cry. i would be grateful oh, yeah, i'm gonna send it to you cryo frozen spirulina so it's uh algae so it's not um it doesn't smell it's you know because it's not dead it's alive and it has every wow. every vitamin you could possibly need, all your amino uh, vitals. It has um, B three, B B six. Uh, it it has it's life. It's the most nutritional dense product in the world. That's superfood. 
nutritionally dense superfood in the world is algae. So they, I figured this out. I became part of the company because I don't work for anybody anymore. I either own it or I don't. <laughs> so I became yeah. into the company and uh, sp2life.com. And you can put JS22, that's my code. Um, I made myself an ambassador, but I literally own part of it too. A lot of shit. That's awesome, John. And just a bunch of water. I drink, uh, I drink a bunch of water, uh, about at least a gallon a day. And I got my family five gallons of water. And everybody goes, that's not a lot. It is when you look at that five-gallon drum and I turn it up every night, put it on that piece. And I feel everybody, you know, uh, recyclable, like we stop buying plastic. So we're just we're doing yeah. everything we can possibly do um, in all the different areas. And everyone goes, well, what if you had that and had a little bit of egg in it? There's no such thing as a little bit of something. Oh, I had a little bit of this in it. And I said, well, I've been preparing my body to ward off all kind of things. So in a fish can't swim in clean water. Fresh water, yes, but not clean water. So... There's going to yeah. be certain things that come around. I still won't buy new leather. I, uh, I, I won't promote anything negative. I don't say things in the wrong way. I constantly, every day, try to become better. So in the morning, I, I get my eyes open. I drink my water, my SP2 life, and I start my day on how to be better the next day. And everybody that's seen all the different things I've done, I've been on the planet in May will be 56 years. And what, wow. I, what I understand is there is no cage except the one you put on yourself. I was playing basketball. I wanted to be an actor. And now I'm on a series uh, with Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union called L.A. Finest. We just finished our second season. And, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm bodyguarding and advising my daughter with Deuces 22. She's the CEO. I think the future is female. I've always said that. And she's, yeah, she's, one of the young, <laughs> uh, she's a 23-year-old CEO of a cannabis company we launched in Nevada uh, with a great Canadian company right there out of Vancouver called uh, Flower One. And uh, Amazing. if you want to really buy some real stock, you go to Flower One, F1, <laughs> on the Canadian exchange. We, we, uh, we bought a, a bunch of shares because we... Well, we invest in a bunch of shares. Let me just put it that way because we invest with the people who invest in us. So it's a complete circle. That. So Flower One is where we, we uh, literally hang our shingle. And we launch in Nevada, in, um, I think, on the 15th of April. And the cafe, Oh, that's... It's, it's just all happening. Yeah. Every day. Like, it is do all something. happening. It's flowing. Yeah, you got to do something. I always say when, whenever, because I know you're big on quotes too, and I love quotes myself and I love writing them as well. And I always say, you know, when everything is flowing in synergy, that's when you know you're on the right path and you are a perfect living, breathing example of this. <laughs> John, it's like, I love it. That's it. Uh, it's like a process, like a flow. <laughs> uh, this interview would not be complete <laughs> as I am broadcasting out of Toronto, Ontario. I know that you, John, had the opportunity to be a part of the Raptors, and I'm totally going to plug my home team now. 
because <laughs> we won the championship last year, which was amazing. What was your time like with the Raptors? And, and what are your thoughts on the team in general this year? Well, I was on the first team, uh, the expansion team. I only stayed uh, through January, and then I worked a deal where I retained my right. In essence, I bought <laughs> I bought my right to be able to uh, negotiate with whomever I wanted. And then I went to Chicago and won a championship. So I uh, I, <laughs> I knew where to go at the right time. But one of my favorite things is uh, I lived there in Forest Hills in a great house. The fans were great. Um, I still come back every every year and do rally for sick kids with cancer with my friend Joel. Uh, and we, we were in Winnipeg, Vancouver, but I did it two or three times in Toronto. And uh, one of my uh, favorite health coaches, uh, Amanda lives there. Mandy lives there now. You know, <laughs> I mean, since the time I met you uh, in California. Just, it's just uh, one of my favorite places, the cleanest, sexiest city in the north. So uh, I enjoyed myself tremendously. I love that. I love the way you describe this being the sexiest city in North America. That that needs to be on a bumper sticker or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I was in the music business there, and I had one of the best artists out of Canada ever named Chaos. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, in 1995, he got a. Uh, for much music, he got the best rap record. Oh yeah, he's just, he just a talented, one of my favorite people. I said it was the foundation for Drake because he was singing and rapping at the same time about something. And I remember when I took him to New York, took the music to New York. They were like, "Man, nobody want to hear anybody singing rap." And I would say the most famous <laughs> out of Canada uh, is Drake, and he sings and he raps. So. You guys have been in the forefront for so long. Aw, well, I'm sending you so much love from Toronto. I love the fact that this is my birth city. I'm really proud of it. It's a great space and so happy that you feel the same way. Now, John, what is your thought right now on where the Raptors are at this year? I don't really talk about it, Andy, because they don't pay me to talk about it anymore, so I really don't watch it anymore. I never, I never watched professional basketball in the first place. And the reason why is because I was a performer. So I, well, if I watch a basketball game, I want to play. And I know I'm at that point. I, I knew when it was time to hang up my shoes. But uh, I got in, into health and wellness in 1991. And uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy. So uh, mm-hmm. now it's, it's, it's it's the way of being. I could, I couldn't, I would love to, but I wouldn't be able to answer you honestly and intelligently about anything that's going on. Oh, I, I love your transparency. And, you know, you're not the only athlete that I've spoken to over the years of all the athlete interviews I've done who's actually said that exact thing that they don't really follow or don't really watch the sport itself once they, you know, hang up whatever gear was necessary. Because you're right, they'd rather just be playing it rather than actually being uh, a watcher of it. So you're definitely not the first person I've heard that from. I know that 
health and wellness is just part of who you are. And I really want to dive deeper into that because I think you offer so much wisdom and experiences under your belt just on health and wellness. And I feel like the audience out there listening can just take away so much from all that you are and have done in that realm. One of the things I definitely want to touch on is the fact that you're such a, a an advocate for veganism and that lifestyle. If you want to touch a little bit on how your journey has started with that and you know any any sort of words of wisdom you want to provide in that realm. Well, I started um, for health reasons. I had high cholesterol and you know, I was 27 years old, and I was, you know, they were telling me I was going to have to start taking medicine, and they, you know, told me that it was probably hereditary, and I realized the only thing that was hereditary was the recipe and how we were eating, what we were eating. So when I stopped eating um, foods that were making me sick, um, in other words, the basic American diet, uh, cholesterol, mucus causing, mucus causing, and and cancerous foods. I literally didn't have a cholesterol problem. When I was eating six eggs a day since I was 15 years old or so, of course I'm going to have high cholesterol because I'm eating all bad cholesterol. Uh, I'm going to have bronchitis because I'm drinking uh, animal uh, bovine fluid uh, made for a cow, not made for a human. It's going to be mucus forming. It's going to cause bronchitis. Um, I had aches and pains in my knees, in my hips, in my elbows. That also, arthritis is a form of mucus forming um, disease. So when I stopped putting the disease inside of my body, not only did I live better, everybody that became a vegan or that becomes a vegan saves 7,500 land animals per year from slaughter. So it's a slavery, and it's a, it's it's a it's literally a, a punishment that shouldn't be put upon any earthly. And when I became conscious about what I was doing to my body, I became conscious about what was going on with all the different animals and why nothing had to die for me to live. Mm. And for those who know, I was uh, always slim, but right now I'm 246 pounds. I was 250 when I played, and I was, I guess, for the past 30 years, I've been able to maintain my weight and focus on not having any bad cholesterol, focus on being heart healthy, and focus on all the things I was doing to save myself. I was also helping save the planet. So, like I said, it was a win-win-win, and I was doing good, 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 uh, not just for myself, but for others. Mm-hmm. So, once, and I say this to people, I don't, you know, tell people what they, I advocate um, for animals and I advocate uh, for healthy living as a human. What it does is literally, I'm not preaching. When I was preaching, it was, oh my God, do it this way or this is going to happen to you. When I was a teacher, I was like, this, this way, now I'm going to test you. Now I just, act as a stage. I lay it out. Um, we're about to do uh, this show. The working title was being John Sally, but it was just the travels and what I do in the process of trying to stay 
as healthy as I can um, before the lights go out. Yeah. Let's dive into that a little bit. Like, I'm so curious because you shared your morning, your master morning routine in what you do first thing in the morning. And then you touched on the fact that you have some daily habits for success. Light on what those are. Yeah. Well, first thing I do is I, I breathe. The most important thing when you were a baby and you came out of your mother, uh, whether they spanked you on the butt or not, was to get your lungs to start and take in their breath. So I know how important that breath is. So I bring in all the positive, all the all the air, all the oxygen that I can possibly breathe in that's as clean as possible. All that good prana uh, energy. <laughs> yes. And, and once it's in, remember, all that is energy. And uh, since my body was detoxing at night, I blow out the toxins that happen to be in fumes. And I literally, which is a good thing, because plants like carbon dioxide, so it likes what I blow out. And I think of positive thoughts. And I literally, because I put on my Instagram, all suffering and all pleasure is in your mind. Mm. Right? So I literally clear my mind and, and focus on things that need to be. I figure out the times I can give it the energy I need to give it. And that's the time I, I don't overload myself. Um, when things are heavy and pressurous, I just realized that's the reason I was strong. Uh, there's a, <laughs> and Bruce Lee once said, um, they asked him, why do you train so hard as a warrior? He said, it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the walk. So I stay prepared. I never get ready. I stay ready. Oh, man, that is just such wisdom right there. I mean, your quotes alone, <laughs> but like going deeper into what that actually means. It's so true. It's like, you know, they say, which you and I are warriors of love and light, I, I want to call us. <laughs> For those listening out there, like clearly things are always going to happen to you in life. And I'm all I'm all for, you know, weigh energy around you. And it all does start and it all ends with you. So there's always going to be stuff that's going to happen to you, but it's a matter of your reaction to it. And as you were talking about this, you know, the breathing, the in and out, it really is a spiritual, but also like literally practice that I think anyone can benefit from putting into their daily routine. Yeah. you should. And I, I, I do when I do my crunches, I literally, you know, I watch you, and, and all your yoga positions and the places that you're doing them in, yeah, they're aesthetically beautiful, you're aesthetically beautiful, but you also are doing something that's making your body happy and you're, and, you're, and you're inspiring other people that they can do it as well. That's mainly when I look at things too. If I do something, I want to be proud of every single thing I do. So I, I, I decided at the age of 40 to stop lying. I don't lie about anything. But so at the age of 50, because it takes a process. You don't realize when you say don't lie about anything. It's kind of a lot of things that we yeah. think tradition, Christmas, uh, uh, oh, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, I, I literally talk to people with compassion. Um, the Dalai Lama said the truth, said the truth without compassion is brutality. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm compassionately honest. I don't tell people what I think about them. That 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 doesn't enhance them. So I'm not a critic. So you know, 
I think everybody that does what they do, they're doing the best they can with the amount of time they have. Amen to that. I love that philosophy. I really do because I think you're right. It's it's no one else's place to judge what someone else is going to do, but I do think there's a way to be transparent and honest, but in a respectful way, like a compassionate way. Yeah, people ask me, so what do you think? I said, I think I should just keep focusing on myself because if I'm stopping what I'm doing to make myself better, to criticize you, that means I'm taking my eyes off the prize. Like, you, you should never criticize a doer. Right? <laughs> so true. I mean, I'm really curious, John, because you are a warrior. I look at you, and thank you so much for the compliments, by the way. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I always love your support with the yoga and like, traveling around doing my poses and then putting, you know, uplifting others through the process. It's, you know, we're all a work in progress. One thing that I'm super curious, though, is, and I, I feel like, you know, people might be looking at you on this pedestal. I mean, we all struggle with things in our lives. And I'm really curious if you could touch on something that has been a struggle for you, whether it's something you're still overcoming or it's something that you have overcome and, and just what the process was like for you. It could be anything. Well, with me, it's been patience. I've had to learn. I had to learn that everything is in divine time. And so it's, it's wanting things when you want them is ego. So I've been really the thing to overcome for such a long time is having a healthy ego as opposed to um, an unhealthy ego. My, my, this is why, let me explain that. As an athlete, you're taught bravado. You're taught be the man, dominate. That's how you win, right? The, 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 the one with the most focus and the most dominant wins. They dominated the game. Well, a lot of times you can take that outside of the court. You can start believing that every part of your life is about that. And you start, you know, when you're used to having things on a schedule and things presented to you because you have to perform, um, it, it becomes a thing where you expect people to work for you. I had to, I had to move out of that mindset. I had to move out of the mindset that, uh, everything should be when I want it, as opposed to everything should be when it's supposed to be. So as opposed to a struggle, the struggle is not just to control my ego, but to constantly each day control my ego. Um, if somebody said something um, I might not agree with, doesn't mean I have to raise my voice or use my height. You know, I can just breathe it through, maybe look at it from their point of view, answer or not. Like, nothing is so definite against me. Um, the ego, like I was speaking about, would be in somebody who is now plant-based. Um, I don't believe that man is dominant over everything on the planet, and we can take its life when we feel it. So I had to control my ego there. Um, well, you know, they were put on the earth for us to eat. That's so egotistical. I needed to move past that. Um, I also needed to move past ownership. Right. If 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 you're uh, married, everyone say that's my wife. Well, you know, given to me, and I'm just you know what? Everybody, the, the attitude my wife and I have is we're both on our life path. That you mentioned that because one other thing I'm really curious about is the fact that you and your beautiful wife have a really healthy, grounded relationship together. John, what does a successful relationship look like to you? 
it looks like, okay, so it looks like this. If you want to get ice cream, God willing, it's vegan. Nice cream. If you want to get nice cream. If you want to get not a move, just to let you guys know really good, if you want to get not a move ice cream and the other person doesn't want to get not a move ice cream, there's no problem. It, it should be like that in every part of life. If somebody wants to do something in their life, you should be supportive. If you think that that is not smart, you can figure out a way of saying it and giving them options. But everybody should do what they want to do. Everybody should live the life they want to live. Every experience should be the experience that person wants to experience. Now, if you want to experience it with them, join them. If you don't, there's no reason to block it because of your lack of knowledge of it or your fear or your fear of losing somebody or your fear of somebody else is going to take your spot. You're in your spot. So I believe in that. I believe in everybody should do what they want to do when they want to do it. And life experiences are so important, right? Variety is the fruit of life. So a variety of experiences and things you want to do should be done. I remember I said to somebody one time, they were like, man, so as a health coach and, you know, you've been talking to your player, my teammates used to call me. Right? <laughs> I, uh, and that's I, such a shocker. <laughs> well, that, I, I appreciated it because you know, they could have called me other things. But <laughs> when they said that, I, I literally said I'm responsible and, you know, I'm trying to fix this person. Somebody said, how big is your ego that you feel not only can you fix somebody, but that somebody else is broken. They're not broken. They're making choices in their life. If those are the choices they choose to make in their life, it's really none of your business. If it, one, if it affects you directly, like if they're doing something like walking around with a bomb on their chest, yeah, that could affect you and anybody around that bomb. But, not saying that they should be able to do that either, but if somebody else is making a choice, I said to somebody, he's like, yeah, I'm dating this guy, boom, boom, boom. What do you think of him? I don't think of him. That's, that's your choice on what you want to do. If that's what you attracted, that's what you usually are putting out. So check out what you are putting out. You're going to get exactly back what you're putting out. So I think that a perfect relationship is um, freedom to choose whose slave you want to be. Wow. That is such a beautiful way to describe the flow between partners and, and the ideal, I think, that hopefully we're all searching for, which is that, that freedom, right? Like when you're with someone, you should actually feel like, in my mind, you're most free rather than these people that are like, oh, I'm bogged down by, it's that negative, heavy energy. Like the person that you're with, you're spending your life intimately with, you should actually feel more free than ever before. That's the way I feel about it. You know, they used to call a wife a ball and chain. And they think it was funny. And if you think about it, if it's thin by the ankle, you can't move. Well, that ball and chain, you know, stays the same and it's a crazy concept to look at somebody that's supposed to be your partner as so heavy and so connected that you can't move uh, what good are you that Why metaphor is amazing ball and chain as a partner 
makes no sense. Like I've I've been through yeah I've been through like I I first explained to my wife I said you know what would be better if we just date you have a couple of kids for me I make sure I take care of you she goes no no I'm Catholic I got to get married I'm not one of those girls that's just gonna be a girlfriend forever you know you got to commit to this and that I said I am committed like if I give you children I'm committed no 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 <laughs> after 17 years. She was like, I should have took your first offer. <laughs> because I I had literally said, I am going to experience this life. And I have been like this. The years I changed, I got a colonic. I got out of a bad relationship. I changed the way I thought about places, about things. I decided to be grateful and smell the roses while I was alive. I was 27. Everybody said, man, every time you can tell me what I do mad about. You think of one thing, John, I have a great life. And the reason I have a great life is because I have determined and made choices for my life. Totally. And and, and if you either on the train or get off the track. As you're saying all this, John, I'm really, uh, it makes me compelled to ask, was there a life defining moment when you were 27? Like, did something happen that inspired you to have this entire shift within? Yeah, I was uh, having bad dreams. So I've always been a little psychic, you know, impassive thought. And I was having bad dreams and bad visuals, and I had a bad visual. I was dating this girl, and then I got up, and my re- and my vision was the correct vision. And at that time, I was sitting around, and how could you cheat on me? And, this, and then I was like, cheat on me? She was doing whatever she wanted. With her amount of time, we all have the same, we all in the same game. You got the same tools. Cheating is having something the other one doesn't have to use. And thinking that somebody belongs to you as your ownership is, is a problem. It should be about partnership, not ownership. And I read these books, I read this book called The Magic of Believing. Your word is your wand. And um, uh, by shovel. And I just sat back and once this lady said, let's clear out and hydrate you and get all the bad outside and let's work on the inside of you. First, let's detox you. And then when you when you have the toxins out of your body, because you can bring those in from people too, vibration, um, um, uh, I don't know, body fluids, mm-hmm. all that needs to be out of your body. Let's get as much as out of your body. When you get all of that out of you, one of the first things that you do is you start to wake up. And I was blessed enough to wake up at 27. And I usually, so like we're having this podcast, I'm, I'm talking to the conscious. I'm not talking to the unconscious. The reason I'm not is because if you're unconscious, that means you're asleep. You can't hear me. So if I get through to one person that's conscious, that's waking up, that's awake, I literally am doing what I choose to do. This is, this is the ministry I choose, the ministry of love, right? You ask Bob Molly what your religion is? Love. He's, I'm a Rastafarian, but my religion is love. John Lennon, my religion is love. I usually say I'm all love, whatever you want to do. So at 27, the deal was I woke up and was realized I own nothing only thing I own is this one breath I hold. 
and I tell I show you how how quickly and how long you can you can own something. Take a deep breath and hold it as long as you can and time it. That's as long as you got to own something. Because your life can be taken, your clothes can be taken, your your car, your money, because it's not real, it's digital. Um, people around you can be taken. Anything can be taken in a drop of a second, of a blink. The only thing you really are happy about is water. You go swimming and you go underwater for as long as you can. The only thing you want, you don't say, man, I want a hot dog. You say, I want some air. So that's the only single thing you own, and that I take ownership of. I take ownership of my breath. I only speak good breath. I only speak positive breath. And that's, that's when my awakening, that was my, my, I guess, at that point. I wasn't realizing I was on the greatest team in the world. I had just won two championships with this team. 1989 and 90, and I wasn't as happy as I should have been. I was worried about stuff, worried about money, worried about this is paid, who's driving my cars, do I have somebody trying to get me? That's not the way to live. I I decided to live this life, not to, you know, not just endure it. Wow, what a beautiful, like just full circle spectrum to the beginning of our interview because you just touched on something that is so profound, first off. So thank you for sharing that amazing wisdom that you just did with the audience listening out there. I mean, your breath really is all you have, which hence is why I spend so much time in meditation and trying my best to figure out ways to prolong and strengthen that, that breath. Let me help you. You're not trying. I am. Yes. Yes. The breath is all we have. At the end of the day, if you take all possessions away, if you take people away, you're left with yourself and you have only your breath. And as we spoke about earlier in our interview today, life is so precious. And I think it's so easy, especially in the day and time we're living in now, to get so easily distracted, to allow shiny objects or these other things to get in the way of really focusing on what truly matters at the end of the day. And If your cup is not overflowing, there is certainly no way you're going to be pouring that love that you and I are advocates for on anybody else. So it starts with you and it starts with your breath. And I feel like breath is that form of energy, that positive energy. And it is another form of love. Yeah. Think about it. When you're crying, right? You're crying. (laughs) Like your body is saying, give me breath, give me breath, give me breath, give me breath, give me breath. And if they want you to calm down, you saw how hyperventilated, what do they do? Breathe, breathe, right? It, 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 it happens all the time. If somebody is unconscious and they say, hey, they're unconscious, they're not breathing. But the first thing they do is mouth to mouth, try to give you breath. They have to mm. give you life. Everything, nothing matters without, without life. Mm. Amen to that, brother. Oh, my goodness. I'm super curious. Because you're on Pave Your Paradise podcast, what does the word paradise mean to you? Paradise to me means everything that makes you relax. Beautiful, darling. Okay, how can I and the audience of listeners serve you? How can we help you in the highest way right now? You can, um, if you engage in cannabis, you can check out deuces22.cannabis on Instagram and send us a note. You can request it at your dispensary. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram um, at 
John Sally. S-A-L-L-E-Y. John, it has been such a beautiful happening having you on Pave Your Paradise today. I am eternally grateful, and I know the audience listening out there is going to be so thankful for all the wisdom you've bestowed upon us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my dear. Any last words? Uh, live life. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on social media. As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light and keep shining.